Petri Dish is a product of Petri Dish Media, all rights reserved. Petri Dish is a science comedy podcast and should not be used as medical advice. Do not get medical advice from a podcast. And therefore, as a free man, I take pride in the words, Ich bin ein Science! Science! Yes. I know the human being and science can coexist peacefully. This was now finest. The following is an actual advertisement. Our sponsor for Petri Dish is a product that I literally have been using every day, Athletic Greens. So I started taking Athletic Greens because, you know... Maybe if I wasn't a garbage person, then I would actually be cooking completely balanced meals and eating them for every meal of the day and taking them into work and all this stuff. But just realistically, I don't have the time or energy for that. You know, like I'll do some meal prepping and I'll cook some things. But realistically, sometimes I just eat junk food or something. And it's it's a really good way to be able to get a bunch of vitamins and nutrients that normally you could get in a very well-balanced diet. But... Hey, let's be realistic. Is this in- like a smoothie? <laughs> what is it? <laughs> Do you want me to describe that earlier? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so basically the way that Athletic Greens comes is in uh, powder form. Okay. And what the powder is, is it's a powder of things like spirulina and a bunch of other greens, vegetables essentially, right? And so it has over 75 different vitamins. It's kind of like taking a multivitamin pill. Right. Except... Because you're usually taking it in some kind of food or drink form, it's a little bit more bioavailable. You're absorbing it a little bit easier. And it kind of tastes good. Right. Vitamins are bullshit. (laughs) Except in athletic greens. No, I think just the broad point. The broad point is that vitamins are real. Our bodies do need them. (laughs) Right, right, right. right. It's just that a lot of times people will not have a well enough balanced diet to actually get all the vitamins they need right and athletic greens gives a good way to be able to get that when it comes they typically recommend sort of the base way to do it is to dissolve the powder in some water and you like shake it up in this little shaky container they give you i thought that was pretty good but i kind of like it mixed in with some greek yogurt so that's the way i've been Uh, eating it sounds good i think it's fun guys let me tell you something uh you know there's two guys who talk on this pod me and sean one uses athletic greens sean i don't and uh you know, I'm not looking too hot these days. <laughs> I'm not looking too great. Look, uh, you know, I look worse than Sean. Sean has recently had a dead man's knee implanted into his knee. So, uh, so you know. That's great. And I, I think a lot of that comes down to Athletic Greens. <laughs> that's, that's beautiful. Look, so one of the cool things about getting an Athletic Greens subscription now is that the subscription comes with a year supply of vitamin D, like an extra vitamin D supplement, which is important because, frankly, almost none of us get enough vitamin D in our diet. It's one of the most common issues with people is yeah. that they'll have low levels of vitamin D. And so this is a good way to get it. And, you know, it's all year round, including those winter months when we're all staying inside. Yeah. Like, well, it's or inca- those summer months when you're still staying inside. I Maybe like computer games. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what to, <laughs> I don't yeah. know what to say about it. Yeah, dude. I'll be playing a lot of Path of Exile. And, you know, it's the kind of thing that's affordable. It's on par with having a multivitamin, right? And it's been reviewed a lot. Over 7,000 five-star reviews, according yeah. to the ad copy. All from scientists. <laughs> so it's been peer-reviewed. 
Well, at the end of the day, there's nothing really wooey-woo about this product. Right. It's vitamins right. in powder form. Right. Mix it with some stuff and eat it. Right. I'm you know a skeptical I mean? guy. A lot of health stuff I think is, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm skeptical about. But this, this is sure shit. <laughs> I mean, it's just like a bunch of vitamins. It's pretty straightforward. And I guess uh, here, here's some ad copy I'm supposed to read verbatim. Well, right now, <laughs> it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Uh, that's actually true. I will say one place where vitamins play a really big role is in the functioning of your immune system. And so if you're not eating a well-balanced diet, your immune system can have some detriment to it due right. to not having enough vitamins. So, you know, it's just one scoop in a cup of water every day or with some Greek yogurt. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make that it easy. Is expensive, dude. Yeah, it can add up for real. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash emerging, because we're an emerging podcast. That's what they've decided. Uh, again, that is athleticgreens.com slash emerging, E-M-E-R-G-I-N-G, to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. It's kind of like... um. How poor people call themselves lower middle class. <laughs> Emerging pot, I'll take it. <laughs> anyway, guys, go get the shit. That is, that is exactly what it's like. Actually. Go buy a blood of greens. <laughs> you are right. All right, guys. Uh, welcome to Petri Dish. I'm Nate. And I'm Sean. Uh, so we are going to talk about doping. Now, you guys know, you all know doping. Um, you know, well, I guess we don't actually necessarily. Um, all well, I know, think we do. It's the fun thing that everyone does, and it's popular, athletes. and it makes you feel cool and good right. about yourself. R- right, 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 right. Yeah, <laughs> and there's basically no downside. Right. So that's pretty much our episode on doping. Yeah, yeah. Is there no downside? No, there's balls. No, there's there's downside. There's a lot of downside. Well, we'll talk. About well, that. yeah, yeah. We'll get to that. But you know, I think we all are kind of aware of doping within athletics these yeah, days. Yeah. Uh, you know, because of Louis Armstrong um, and <laughs> others like him, uh, like Dizzy Gillespie. <laughs> you know, uh, you got to blow that horn. You know? <laughs> so you just inject dope straight into your lips. Can I tell you actually though that there was a paper that came out from like a group in like Canada or something like yeah. that in like 2020. Yeah. And they were like, they were talking about doping. It was a science paper. Yeah. And they're like, perhaps the most, you know, famous and media reported uh-huh. instance of doping, Brandon Reardon, the famed runner. And I like, look this guy up. He's like a Swiss runner. And I'm like, who the <laughs> fuck is this guy? Lance Armstrong, clearly. Right, is the, right. like, what are you talking so about? So Lance Armstrong, <laughs> uh, you know, doped. Uh, like every single Russian athlete, like yeah. by law, has to dope. Yeah, you know, yeah. or else you disappear. You go to the gulag. Yeah. Um. So doping's pretty famous these days. So I asked Sean. I was like, Sean, tell me about doping. Yep. It turns out that doping is actually pretty diverse. There's many ways to augment your body to run fast. Yeah, to do all the things yeah. better, faster, stronger, right? Yes. And so this episode, we're going to talk about what is doping in kind of a broad sense. Then we're going to do a little bit of a history of doping. Mm. And then we're going to close out talking about a couple of specific ways to dope. But then next episode, we're going to do some more ways of doping and what are some of the dangers and stuff like that. Yeah, these episodes are going to help you choose how am I going to dope. Great. That's great. I'm PG. Are we allowed to say that? I, I don't even know. I don't even know anymore. Don't. Well, take, we are a medical do, podcast. Do not take medical advice from this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. So, Sean, doping. Yeah. yeah. It's where you use the banned substance in athletics. Yeah. 
So you could dope like crack cocaine. Yes. Actually, that's not even a facetious example by accident, is it? Because like, you can you, you can you actually really could use you cocaine. can dope heroin. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Actually, that makes sense too. Heroin's a. It's, it's good for you. Well, it can relieve pain. Right, right, it right. It can relieve pain. Okay. But it's on the list. Any banned substance. Oh, cannabinoids. Ah, fascinating. Because that doesn't help your performance. <laughs> it does not. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. But it does count as doping. Yeah. That's weird. It, which is bullshit. Anyway, right. look. Yeah, yeah, So there is a very impressive list of compounds. No, Chomsky over here. There's a very impressive list of compounds that people have figured out can give you a little bit of an oomph when it comes to competitive stuff, yeah. like when you're ice skating or cycling or whatever, okay? And there's an organization now to keep track of all of that. It's called the World Anti-Doping Agency, or WADA. Right. And it was established in 1999. WADA's kind of shit, right? Sure. Isn't WADA like, like everyone does drugs at WADA or something? Like, <laughs> it's like the lame way to say water. Yeah, everyone at WADA's like. <laughs> well, I can't unhear that. <laughs> okay, it's wait, WADA. Wait, wait. Okay, okay. So, um, yeah, they're headquartered in Montreal, Canada. Yeah, which is fun. Yeah, it gives you a feel for how good they are at enforcing things. Right, right, right. right. So they were. They can't up... even enforce English. <laughs> I agree. Because <laughs> they keep trying, but the, the Francophiles keep batting them down. Oh, boy. Look. They were spun up by the Olympics, and they monitor anti-doping stuff as defined and governed by some of the UNESCO conference on doping or whatever the fuck. So UNESCO's in on it. Right. The IOC is in on it. And WADA is the one that's kind of running around making okay. this list. There's 12 categories of things banned by WADA. Yes. And I'm going to go through the list of them now, and we'll go into some of the fun specific ones yeah. in this episode and the next episode, but they are... Glucocorticoids, cannabinoids, narcotics, stimulants, gene and cell doping, cool. manipulation of blood and blood components, diuretics and masking agents, hormone and metabolic modulators, beta-2 agonists, peptide hormones and growth factors, anabolic agents, and beta blockers. Mm, beta blocker. Yeah. Right. You got a beta hounding you, baby? <laughs> I'm block him. Beta blockers. <laughs> That's beautiful. Um, there we go. That's how. That's our way in. Yep. You got a beta blocking you, baby. No, no. You got a beta hounding you, baby. Block that beta with the beta blockers. Beautiful. There we go. Um, gene and cell doping sounds pretty cool. And yeah. Not, mani well, manipulation of the blood sounds like a, like a really bad, um, like Game of Thronesy kind of thing. That's funny because to me it sounds like a Witcher thing. Yeah. Oh, that's manipulation true. of blood sounds because like they literally. have like mutagens and like yeah. kind of wonky words. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, anyway, so any of those twelve things, if they find it in you, yeah, yeah, they'll be mad about it. Okay? Yeah. Unless you're Russia, <laughs> yeah. in which case, let's have the Olympics in Sochi. <laughs> Pretty much nothing happens. Yeah. yeah. So I do want to note that for uh, something to get on the list, it's supposed to fulfill two of three conditions. One, it should enhance an athlete's performance. Two, pose a health risk to athletes. And or three, violate the spirit of sport. That's the problem with cannabinoids, is they violate the spirit of sports. No. Which is as part of the power structure and a load of bullshit to distract us as an opioid from the broader inequalities well, of our society. E even if cannabinoids did violate the spirit of sport, okay, you're supposed to fulfill two out of the three. Yeah. And it doesn't do either. Honestly, I don't think cannabinoids fulfill any of those categories. So, some elements of this list is bullshit. Right. That is reality. But, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? We're not in control I remember of it. there's this really interesting movie or documentary about how the Jamaican curling team was eliminated <laughs> from competition. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because of cannabinoids? Because of cannabinoids. <laughs> okay. I'm glad we got there. I'm glad we got there. A history of doping. Okay, so doping sounds like a very modern thing, right? 
because um, I don't the know. Words it just feels like because it. Yeah. we're speaking a modern language right but now. Yeah. <laughs> the audience might be surprised to know that athletics is actually very old. Yeah. Now they didn't call it athletics a hunter gatherer society. It was just food getting. Yeah, survival. Right, run. Sure. But starting with leisure activities, yeah. like the Greeks and Romans. Yeah. Sometimes you had to spend all day at the gymnasium. Yeah, just rubbing up on naked dudes, grabbing each other's nuts. It was important to augment your performance. Absolutely. To please Plato and Socrates. Yes. Yeah, well, they were watching for sure. They were watching. So, uh, Greeks were very obviously competing in the Olympics. Romans had gladiators and shit. And other stuff. Sure. They, they had things. Hippodrome. Some total. Of, yeah. yeah. Hippodrome. Hippodrome. <laughs> the Greeks and the Romans. In both of those cases, athletes were interested in getting a leg up on their opponents, of course. Right. right. And so they did that through the consumption of foods right. and these, like, potions and shit that right. were supposed to improve. This wasn't really doping. Like, even by some of, some, like, they didn't have a standard for this, right? It was like, whatever. You can just eat whatever shit you want. Right. It was literally not doping because it wasn't against the rules. Right. It was totally fine. Everyone knew that yeah. it was happening, and it was, like, legit a thing you did if you right. wanted to be an athlete in, in Greece or Rome. But, you know, we shouldn't let pedantics get in the way. Greeks and Romans did think that there were substances you could consume to right. have an athletic advantage. Right. And it's not just things like diets. Although they did totally have, like, oh, this is the best diet to, like, build muscle and stuff like that. Like, diet. Like, literally that was a thing. But also they had, like, certain, like, potions with, like, wine as the base, but then there were, like, different herbs and, like, poisonous plants you put in right. to try to, like, impact performance and, like, make it so that your butt clenches better and stuff like that. Hmm. They did a lot of that. Hmm. There was a lot of that, okay? Yeah. I read about it. I think anchovy. <laughs> but there was a much bigger explosion of people using performance-enhancing drugs during the 1800s because our knowledge of chemistry was, like, really starting to ramp up in the That 1800s, makes sense. Okay? So, like... Especially because it was kind of a new field in its modern iteration, right? And yeah. so it's, like... That lends itself towards miracle cures and goofy shit. Yeah, I mean, we yada yada through a lot of centuries there, but like yeah, yeah, people yeah. had been consistently taking drugs and stuff like that for sports activities. Right. But uh, I will say that both chemistry kind of took off in the 1800s, but also in the 1800s, you saw the rise of like professional sports also being a really big thing in Europe. Right. In the sense that there being competitions of like, you know, like a six day bicycle race. And, right. Like, this is interesting. So the premise here is that people just. Ride a bicycle for six days. Right. And there's not as many rules about like stopping and sleeping for the night and then restarting. Right. Like I think in the Tour de France, there's a whole thing, right? Where it's right. like at a certain point, they see where people are time wise versus each other. Stop it for the day. Yeah. And then they restart it the next day with that same time gap. Right. Right. And this is because presumably because the French were doing that 150 years ago, they would just have a race for six days. Someone probably died. Yeah. Yeah. But the main point was that, like, okay, it's like it's six days, and if you can ride your bicycle all night, then you did a lot better than the fuckers who had to sleep, right? Well, what helps to stay up all night? Uh, well, you know, some people were using caffeine, other people's were using sugar cubes dipped in ether, and some people were doing cocaine. Yeah, sure, cocaine, nitroglycerin, right. morphine, belladonna, which is a poison, strychnine, which is another poison that right. we talked about in our poison episodes. It right. makes you convulse. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, so that keeps you awake, it keeps you going. Yes. If you take a dose... <laughs> Riding you, a bicycle on some level is convulsing in the same direction for a long period of time. Sure, well, yeah, sometimes they would give you a shot of strychnine into, like, your legs or something, so wow. that your legs would keep, like, twitching, the leg muscles would keep twitching, so that you kept moving, basically. And if you guys know from old footage, people moved faster, at a faster frame rate <laughs> I, back I, I, then, I so it was very that. funny. Yes. yes, I have seen <laughs> those. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they were very twitchy. Yeah. And so, yeah, these races, they would go six days, six nights, you get as far as you can in that time period and people are just shooting themselves up with all kinds of stuff okay 
And then we had in 1889, Charles Edward Brown Secord. Okay. And this dude, he was a scientist. He was called an eccentric genius. Okay. Uh, in a lot of the papers I was reading from like the 1950s. Was he? <laughs> he was eccentric. <laughs> because he did a lot of self-experimentation using the blood of testicular veins, or the semen, or the testicle juice from dogs and guinea pigs, mm. where he would inject them into himself. And then found out that some of these testicle injections got him pretty pepped up. Like, he was feeling pretty good. Yeah, that's got to be a certain amount of psychology, right? <laughs> some, some of I mean, I know when I, when I milk a guinea pig's balls for semen, <laughs> I'm up. Yeah, you're feeling good? You haven't even done the injection part yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you got you to gotta get that shot in there at some yeah, point. Yeah, is that a shot in my pocket? Well, I'm look, just happy to milk guinea pig balls. <laughs> a little while later. Research from other scientists who were super into this testicle juice injection idea wow. resulted in the isolation and chemical synthesis of testosterone because that's where testosterone is synthesized. Oh, shit. Okay, so this dude wasn't just getting nothing. There was some testosterone in there. You're right that a lot of it may have been psychosomatic. I don't know. I don't know. But it would take a little while for testosterone to actually be used for doping. At first, it was used uh, in horses for horse races. Like in 1941, that's right. the first instance we have of it being used in a sport. It was horse racing. Yeah, yeah. For the jockeys. <laughs> yeah, to, to keep them all juiced up and hard. You got to keep your jockey hard for the horse race, okay? Um, but... Not too long after that, trainers were like, well, if this works on horse, we got to get our dudes juiced up on this, right? right? So then people were using that too. Stimulants like amphetamines became very popular in the 1930s, especially during World War II. Right. And then you had all these people who had a lot of experience with amphetamines. Yeah, exactly. Go straight into sports. Yes. And so the 1960s and 1970s are known as the amphetamine decades during cycling because people were like super hopped up on that. And a dude actually died like, live on television during the Tour de France in 1967. Too much meth. Too much meth in the system. Wow. You know? So, there are a lot of different things you can take to improve performance. So, instead of just doing a single episode where we talk about the major ones, we're going to split them into two episodes. And then we're going to talk about, like, how much they help, how much they harm. And, how, you know, next episode we'll have a little debate about how we feel about doping. But basically, let's take a break. And when we come back, let's talk about one class of doping agents... Anabolic agents. It was 8.05 p.m. when John Doe approached his car. I did not know the man, but I had heard him having an argument with his wife, so I knew I would not be the prime suspect. I found a discarded lead pipe in the gutter and struck him three times across the head. Then my only problem was where to discard the body. This is really true crime. The first podcast brought to you by Real True Criminals. I had never seen her naked body, but I had oft imagined it in my more pensive moments. Good for strangling, I thought, as I strangled her. Every week, we recount our own true criminal activities to you to satisfy those dark urges within. Join us on Tuesdays wherever podcasts are. So I no, I have no clue what this is. Uh, have you heard of anabolic steroids? Well. Does that sound familiar to you? Kind of. I mean, we had talked about anabolosis. Yeah. Well, we're talking about whey powder. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So this is about muscle formation. And it's about building it up specifically, okay. right? Okay. Anabolic agents help with anabolism, which is the building of stuff, and in this case, promoting muscle growth. The term 
like anabolic agents could very broadly just be anything that helps promote muscle growth. But WADA is more specifically referring to testosterone and related molecules, both natural and synthetic. They also have like a very small side category that are synthetic molecules that do similar stuff to testosterone, but aren't structurally like testosterone. But the main point here is that a lot of these molecules bind to what are called androgen receptors in the nucleus of cells. And when they bind there, those steroids can send off a lot of signals that are very important during a lot of stages in our lives, like fetal development, childhood, uh, and then even into adulthood. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Because uh, testosterone is important for, like, right. development. So the best time to shoot up anabolic agents is, like, when you're a toddler. No. That's really the most helpful. <laughs> that's that's not what I'm saying. What I'm, <laughs> what I'm saying is I, that... I'm just trying to find something for parents to take out of this episode. <laughs> you know? Should, they, should you do it before they exercise? Never, never... <laughs> Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> answer. Okay. Uh, androgen steroids are important for a lot of different processes. You know, so during fetal development, we're talking about the development of like a penis and right. stuff like that. Right. And then secondary sexual characteristics during childhood and maturation and, you know, going to puberty and stuff like that. But another really important element of androgen steroids is building up and maintaining muscle mass. Okay. And... The signaling that happens from testosterone binding to the receptors in muscle cells results in the production of proteins that help you build up stocks of amino acid and helps you build extra DNA for making more muscle. So like in all of this, you're like kind of building up stuff to be ready to make a shitload of muscle. It can also impact signaling all over your body, which can result in an increased production of things like insulin-like growth factor or IGF-1, which is important for muscle growth as well. Some of these anabolic agents also increase collagen production and bone mineralization, which means that your joints hurt less because your muscles are so strong. Sometimes it can hurt your own joints. Wow. But some of these agents can actually build up collagen. So there's extra cushioning around the joints and it can increase bone density. So you're less likely to break a bone from just being so goddamn strong all Jeez. the time. Um, so that's so we should good. just all, we should just all use a little bit of this. Like, like we should have this in our diet. Like if we're going to take vitamin pills, we should take a little bit of testosterone. I mean, so or, or just uh, just anabolic agents in general. Some of these things are used to help people who are a little bit older because part of growing older is losing bone density, is losing muscle mass, right. is having joints that hurt more. Right. So some of these things were theoretically made and tested for the interest of helping old people. So different anabolic agents have different degrees of side effect, like deepening of the voice, right. increase in acne, increase in facial hair. Right? These are kind of classic things yeah. that happen like so, during puberty. So do you think between Station to Station to Let's Dance, David Bowie did a lot of... Testosterone? Yeah. Huh. His voice goes down like an octave. <laughs> you think he finally just went through puberty? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Okay. Uh, other side effects include depression, aggressive behavior, heart disease, hypertension. Right. Men can experience testicular tenderness. Impotence. Ejaculatory disorder. Single sounds nice. <laughs> Wait, which part? Where is the tenderness? Uh, tenderness yes. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't want we, my... we could all be more tender with see, like, our See, like, I have, <laughs> I have a hardened ball sack. Oh. And it's not pleasant. I see. I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well. When I walk, it's like stones hitting my thighs. I have these bruises. You're, you're definitely not impotent, though. I know that about <laughs> That's you. That's true. Very virile. Very surprised. You can also oh. uh, have an increase in urinary tract infections. Your sperm could go bad. 
and you can have prostate issues. Right. Okay. And, and just to be clear about this in general, uh, we all have a certain amount of anabolic agents, just like that our body produces, right? Yeah. We're Testosterone ta- and related hormones. We're talking what happens when this gets out of whack and we have too many of these hormones. Well, I mean, that could uh, presumably be because your body fucked up, but also if you just take too much of it. Yes. Right. Yes. But like, so, so for example, people who naturally have more testosterone. Yeah than some other people, have a tendency to uh, experience hypertension. Right. Like their blood pressure is higher. Okay. Mm. So it is just a natural impact of that. And if you're injecting extra of it, you should know that that's just like, that's some shit that's going to happen. You know what I mean? So a lot of these things are not like there's a threshold. And once you're above the threshold, that's when it kicks in. Right. It's just testosterone always does this. And if you get more of it, you're going to get more of it. Right. You know what I mean? When you stop taking the anabolic agents... That's often when people see some ball shrinkage. <laughs> because actually, while you're taking the testosterone, uh, your balls basically... Yeah, they turn purple, but they're not any bigger or smaller. <laughs> they're doing okay. They're maybe a little bit sensitive. Yeah, they grow an extra little head that's like... <laughs> because there's sort of mixed signals going on. Yeah. Testosterone can help with ball size. Yeah. But also, your balls... Part of the reason why they're the size that they are is making testosterone. Right. And so once you, like, withdraw the testosterone, your balls will actually shrink down. Yeah. Which is sad sometimes. One of the reasons why this stuff is used by cyclists is because you actually grow a third ball uh... that hangs a little bit under your other two and has a little eyeball and actually watches how far the cyclists are behind you. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So it's wow. useful. That's interesting. That's not where I thought you were going to go with it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say that having smaller balls makes it less painful when you're on the seat. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right, that's great. That's great. That's also That's great. Important. One of us is right. Um, so. Well, if you look at Lance Armstrong's seat, it actually has this little hole cut through it, so his <laughs> so oblong for, for third ball eye <laughs> <laughs> can spy on his enemies. Okay, so. Uh, <laughs> um, it speaks telepathically. So one, one of the non- <laughs> He's one meter away, Lance. <laughs> Why are you doing this? <laughs> <laughs> thanks jim that actually no that does make more sense because i thought that it would speak to him using like morse code by blinking or something <laughs> yeah. like that which is more complicated yeah, yeah. so one of the non-testosterone based anabolic agents is clenbuterol which is normally used as an asthma treatment although it's not approved for human use in the usa okay so clenbuterol the main use of this drug in terms of doping is to promote weight loss both by raising your basal body temperature, it like just literally makes your body hotter. Interesting. So you're burning more energy all the time. That's crazy. And it also helps as an appetite suppressant. So if you need to cut weight, because sometimes athletes need to do this really unhealthy thing where they got to drop weight really quickly before a weigh-in. Yeah. Clenbuterol increases your body temperature and makes you less hungry. Wow. And so those things in combination can make you lose a lot of weight. Uh, it can cause high blood pressure and some heart issues. It sounds bad for you. Yeah, yeah. These things can be dangerous, especially because, as we we will find out, as I go through these lists of all of the things we're going to talk about this episode, next episode, a lot of them can cause heart issues. And weightlifters and stuff like that, you're rarely just taking one of them. Right? Right. And the mixtures of these, they can add up and then really stress out your heart too much and just like make your heart fucking explode or whatever. All right. So... The nature of those anabolic agents is to build muscle and cut fat. So they're banned for use at any time. Like WADA has these different categories where some drugs are banned only during competition. Right. Like you could be taking them outside of competition. Right. They're, they don't know or care. For kind of obvious reasons, anabolic. 
Right. You can't have that. Can't do it at any time. Yeah, it's actually illegal to have any testosterone, right? <laughs> because you just want all pure native 100% primo oh muscles. Oh my god, is this what they were talking about on Fox News where they said that they're banning testosterone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> y- you're right. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> all right. Let's take a break. Yes, thank god. We need to talk about crack. Uh, yeah. Kind of. Yeah, stimulants. Okay. We're going to talk about stimulants when we come back. Okay, we're back. Yeah. All right, so stimulants, um, they're okay to use, except when you're in competition. Right, so you could be popping these stimulants otherwise, but when you're actually in a competition, they don't want you to be taking them. Right, okay? and it's kind of obvious why stimulants would be useful for athletes, right? You just got more energy, right? You're just like, more, more, you're more stimulated for something. They can improve alertness. Like, for example, methylphenidate, a.k.a. Ritalin. Right. right? You can, like, focus in and know what the other players are doing. There you go. Okay. Uh, Cocaine and amphetamines are banned largely for their ability to make you feel less tired and to alter mood. But some other stimulants, like caffeine and nicotine, which can also give you energy, are not banned by water. That's kind of silly. So you can drink a coffee before... I don't know, whatever. Yeah, or smoke a cigarette or something like that. Wow, okay. Or have a nicotine patch on. Right. And all of that can, you know, that can stimulate you. Right, but you got to take it off for when you're actually doing gymnastics. Why? I thought you said you can't use it during the competition. But nicotine's not banned. Wow, so you could just do the whole fucking thing on a nicotine patch? Yeah. That seems like a silly... Yeah. That seems silly. I agree. (laughs) Do people do that, though? I don't know. That's a good question. So one thing Wada has mentioned... That they monitor caffeine and nicotine, but it mm. won't get you banned. Okay. So they're trying to look to see if they see any trends of athletes clearly abusing those drugs. Right. But thus far, they haven't banned them. Right. So we'll see. Stimulants don't really act on a single pathway or anything like that. Uh, like, for example, all of the testosterone shit we were talking about earlier, that's going through the antigen receptor. There's a set of pathways for that. Stimulants are a very broad category of drug, but they do have a tendency to mainly impact... Like nerves, your central nervous system, your peripheral nervous system, by hitting up neurotransmitters. That's like kind of the main way that stimulants work as a group. And some of them impact neurotransmitters and neural pathways involved with reaction to adrenaline. So they give you kind of that flight or fight response, mm-hmm. right? It increases heart rate, it increases blood flow. In a lot of ways, it's actually kind of similar to doing a warm up exercise, like getting the heart pumping, getting blood and oxygen mobilized to the muscles and so on. Right. But it's like, you're taking a drug for it, it's like really juicing you up, right? Right. Some other stimulants work on different neurotransmitter pathways, including dopamine and serotonin pathways, which can have other impacts on attention and mood, like making you feel kind of good, and like right. in the zone, you're like ready to go. Sure. So, and kind of like with the other chemicals we are talking about, this is just kind of a magic thing that has no downsides. You just like, <laughs> you just like, it's like how Einstein said you're only using 10% of your brain or something. You actually always have this extra 80, 90% that you could unlock if you were just man enough to take stimulants. <laughs> Um, so that's cool. (laughs) I hate so much about what you just did. All right. So, uh, (laughs) some of these stimulants are pretty addictive. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right, because they're great. (laughs) Some of them are pretty addictive. Right, right, right. Like, literally, cocaine and meth are on this list. Right, (laughs) and they're, 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 well, Andre was telling me the other night that meth is actually, uh, it's only because of federal propaganda. Anyone thinks it's bad for you, right? Why is Andre doing this? No, he didn't say that. I'm, I'm mischaracterizing it. Uh, he was saying that it leading intrinsically to violent crime and behavior was kind of propagandistic. Sure. The, the main victim of, of a meth addiction is, of course, the meth addict, him or herself. Yeah, yeah. I think the one that comes to mind when I think about violence is angel dust. Right, PCP. Uh, okay, well, anyway, anyway, anyway 
yes. we're talking about. So. PCP is useful for swimming. <laughs> <laughs> right? Ryan Lochte's on PCP. <laughs> he's got to be. Just kidding. He's, he's oof. Yeah. I, I don't know how litigious he is, but we should probably say yeah. satire. Okay. <laughs> so... Uh, besides being addictive, they can cause a number of health issues, including hyperthermia, are, are, dehydration, and cardiac arrest. Are they psychologically addictive uh, only, or are they like biochemically addictive? Like, are they physically addictive? Uh, well, like for example, nicotine and caffeine are both extremely physically addictive. Right. So they like fuck up your neuropathways, right? Yeah. You you like try to go off, and then you feel terrible shitty. and shitty. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. So that they probably beat you. Plan. Plan. <laughs> Probably, it's probably like, punch every, your child. Every time I stop taking caffeine, I start punching my nuts like immediately. Um, okay. <laughs> you say your future children to, that, to that's make what the I'm logic saying. clear. Yes, exactly. yeah. <laughs> um, well, we're cutting it anyway. Uh, so hyperthermia means you get hot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, dehydration. The, these things are kind of classic symptoms, actually, of like ecstasy, which is also a banned stimulant that you cannot take. That's interesting. Um, I mean, it'd be awkward if all the gymnasts start fucking each other right there. It would be an incredible display yeah. of of sportsmanship and athleticism in in the Greek tradition, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Simone so, Biles was just overwhelmed by ecstasy in the last Olympics. You can <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? That's why she don't walked do off. This. Don't do this to her. Okay, she was very brave. Okay, just... <laughs> she she took a mental health day. Do you know how important that is? I'm so proud of the fact that I had no clue what the fuck anybody was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look. Uh, dehydration can clearly be very dangerous when you're performing a lot of different sports. Yeah. So some of these things can be very dangerous for you. In contrast to anabolic agents, which very clearly result in changes to the body that are otherwise not really obtainable without the right. drugs. This is changes in how good of a time you have at this party. Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Like, so I, I, what I'm saying is that like anabolic steroids also maybe because you use it over a long period of time while training. Right. Like... Bodybuilders who use steroids end up looking insanely bulked up compared yeah. to bodybuilders who are "quote unquote" natty or natural, which means that they don't use steroids. Is that like a? Th yeah, yeah. Wow. There, there, there are natty competitions oh. for bodybuilders because it's just it's understood when you see bodybuilder competitions and they have these huge gigantic muscles and then a tiny waist and then huge like thigh muscles. Like yeah. they did that with steroids. Is that your type? No. No. You like they, I, I find that, like, very scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Knowing that that dude can just, like, crush my neck with his thighs. It is it's, a little it's, it's intimidating. Too much for me. It's too much yeah. fun. Yeah. I was serving a guy like that at the bar once. Oh, yeah? And uh, he, as he stood up, my hand accidentally grazed his thigh, and yeah. I hit his the outline of his penis. Yeah. And I flew straight out the window. Well, yeah. That's how that's <laughs> <laughs> how reactive, like, 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 the shields of the defiant. Yes. His ablative plating. That's I just like yes. flung straight out of the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking 80 miles per hour. They're very strong. <laughs> From um, the single twinge of the penis. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, in contrast to the power of anabolic steroids, I'm not sure that stimulants do that much in terms of the attention and mood part of it. Okay. Right. I do think that the doping to increase adrenaline that stimulants can do, I think that that might confer some benefits, but I'm not sure how long-lasting those are either. Right? right. So I think the clearest benefit for stimulants is for them to keep you awake during endurance events. Right. So for like a like an Ironman. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I think that makes sense. It's just they're not very good for you guys. Right. You know, so just keep that in mind. Yeah, Ironmen are terrible on your body. <laughs> Should like really emphatically not do any of those. Yes. Okay, so. Sports are dumb. 
<laughs> you, you, except soccer. You currently love except, soccer. Except football. <laughs> Dude, okay. Tottenham, woo! I mean, this is going to come out like literally a month and a half later. Yes, yes, it, is. Uh, yes it is. Hey, the future me. I hope Tottenham got, got in the fourth slot. Okay, so next time, yeah. next episode, we're going to talk about manipulation of blood. Nice. And hormones and shit. And we're also going to talk about the cell and gene thing that sounded kind of interesting. Cool. Uh, and so all of that's going to happen next time. How can we gene therapize you to run faster? Yeah, that is yeah. literally what it's going to be about. Yeah. All right. Let's say thank you to Stacy Song, our sound lord and engineer. Thank you, Stacy. Thank you, Brian and Griffin, for art. Thank you, Steve, my biohacker. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jimmy, Timmy, and Bo. What? Whoa! Okay. We're doing sh- 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 shout outs. Those are my whey suppliers. <laughs> All right. All right. That's. Oh, you want God. farm sourced whey, baby? Petridishpod at gmail.com, <laughs> at dishpodcast on Twitter, patreon.com slash petridish. Eagle whey. <laughs> ride, <laughs> ride the whey. Beautiful. All right. And we will see you guys next time. Bye. Wow. Da 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 da